When you're in it every single day, you don't lift your head out to see the progress that you've made. That's something that I try to do a lot where you have to kind of step away from it and then be like, oh, actually, we've kind of created something pretty cool. And (laughs) from like the ground up. From the ground up and like starting from nothing and that it's only the beginning. So Mm -hmm. it's like truly, truly exciting. Hey everyone, welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with the influencers, disruptors, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are shaping the future of golf. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the Mod Golf Podcast, thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today we give you two guests for the price of one. As my guests are Iz and Kat She, the creators of Iz Socks and the stars of the popular YouTube channel, She Golfs. Now, I've been watching She Golfs videos for a couple months now, and I finally said to myself, you know what? We've yet to create a Mod Golf podcast episode that talks about socks, yoga, and golf all at the same time. So, guess what? Today is that day. Who, who would have thought that it all comes together? The planets align here. So, with that, Kat is, hey, thanks so much for joining me today and welcome to the Mod Golf podcast. Hey, Colin. Thanks so much for having us. We're excited to be here. You are welcome. So I did not need to have caffeine before because I've watched all the stuff you do and the energy both of you have make me look like I'm asleep half the time. So (laughs) I just love that. I know this energy is going to come out and what we're going to talk about here today. So, hey, to kick things off here for you both, I'll let you decide who wants to jump in first. But can we start with you sharing the first golf experience both of you had the first time you picked up a golf club? Okay, so this is Iz. I'm going to talk about my first experience taking a nine iron, actually, and going onto those mat ranges and about how I just got the bug instantly. It was so strange. I think, I guess I was just a natural because I picked it up and just took a swing at it and the ball actually went in the air. Like I made contact with it. Your first time swing. Yeah. And not only did it just kind of dribble off the mat, it actually went into the air. How far did you hit it? I hit it about a hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty I was good. Twelve, and I was like, "This is fun. I think I could do this." <laughs> you, you, you were twelve. You were twelve years old. I was twelve. I started when I was twelve. Yes. Okay, so I've established now that I hate you. Okay, let's move on from there. <laughs> Having that first experience because my first golf swing did not go as well. Let's start when you're young. There we go. So, Cat, how about you? What was your first experience? I actually started around the same time as my sister. I was about nine years old because I'm like three years younger than my sister. I actually took her clubs, but I was supposed to have left-handed clubs because I'm left-handed. And so I just took her clubs and it stuck with me ever since. Amazing. So she's a right, so she plays righty, but she's a left Yeah. And yeah. I will preface with the reason why <laughs> she went with a right-handed club because our dad was like too cheap to get her left-handed clubs. I guess <laughs> these are <laughs> sisters. It's fine. <laughs> Love it. Well, yeah, hey, I got her hand-me-downs. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Kat, just to let you know, we are kindred spirits because I am left-handed, but I play oh. golf right, which has confused oh. many of my golf <laughs> coaches over the years before releasing the ball and thought it was really weird. They but, say uh, you actually hit it farther. Well, I've seen you hit the ball, so I think with you, probably true, but maybe I still need, I got to keep watching your videos. I have to keep working on my technique, so. I can't quite say the same yet, but we're, we're going to get there. Once so, you okay. get the technique down, you're yeah. And uh, easier said than done for me. I'm a few years older than both of you, so I've had more years of bad golf swings that I'm trying to work out of my muscle memory here. But it's a slow, painful process, but I am getting better. I'm getting there, so uh, we're working on it. It's, so It's really hard to unlearn Oh, yeah. You got to start with all the good habits. Yeah, you just got to really start from the ground up and then have a good time. See, I had decades of bad habits. I played so much. 
why I live in Canada here. So I played a lot of hockey. I played a lot of baseball at a competitive oh, level. Man. And all uh, the other sports like mesh together. See, I'm so old. There wasn't a thing called YouTube around at that time, so I wasn't <laughs> able to watch all these amazing training videos and tips like you provide. <laughs> how with, did you with get she around? I'm I'm amazed how we managed to even feed and dress ourselves without YouTube back in the day. It's, it's amazing. I'm still alive. So hey, so I, I want to ask you this now, kind of rewinding the tape a little bit before we dig into what you're doing with she golfs on YouTube. So tell us a bit about your personal and your golf and professional backstory that led up to the creation of she golfs. I know you both have played professional golf at different levels, and Cat, I believe you still are. So why don't you both tell us a little bit of everything that you've done that's led up to the aha moment where you decided we're going to create she golfs and create this YouTube channel. So go for it. Awesome. So this is is, and I guess the story kind of starts with me. Actually, it starts with us. And we were playing in the desert. It was like 120 degree weather. And our mom was really big on sun protection. So she made us go out in the desert for 120 degree weather with like long pants and long sleeves. And it was just mm-hmm. so hot. And we were both butting heads with her because it was just insane. And so we finally came to a compromise that we could only wear skirts if we could find the longest pair of socks we could find to show the least amount of skin and therefore protect our skin from right. the sun. And so we actually just kept wearing socks, like different socks. We would match those socks with, with like a shirt, with outfits shirt. and everything. <laughs> and we kind of just became known as like the sock girls. And we became the girls, one of the only ones you could identify with a piece of clothing. So it's like, oh, that's is that's Kat. Like, she's the one with the long socks. <laughs> right, so that's kind of how it started. And we kept on that. And it just became a fashion statement. Fast forward 10 years. And then I was around 22. I was kind of in the gap between college golf and then pursuing professional golf. And that's when social media started to take come off, into fruition. Yeah. yeah, take off. That's when Paige Frantic starts to get really big. And she opened the door for other like golf influencers, I guess you could say. And yeah, I just became known as the sock girl. And this is while Kat was in college still. Mm-hmm. I was approached by many sock companies that wanted me to represent them, but I just couldn't really relate with the product and their mission. So last year we decided to come out with our own sock brand and is was born. Love it. Love it. We're going to dig into that a little bit more. And I love the environmental recycled sustainability aspect to what you're doing there with is socks. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. So I also like the fact that you managed to differentiate yourself in the market. The fact that you had this, whether it was your Instagram handle or also this nickname that other people bestowed upon you with the sock girl, that it gave you instant recognition and separated you from the noise of everybody else, right? So it sounds like you use that as your entrepreneurial springboard to kind of take it to the next level. So let me ask you this. So so it seems like things started to really roll on Instagram. I see you've got almost 150,000 followers on Instagram. So obviously that's going well. And I did notice that you had produced a little bit of video content over the last couple of years for SheGulls, but you've really ramped up over the last, let's say, three or four months, if I'm correct here. So can both of you tell me a little bit about what the decision was to really double down on that and say, we're going to put a lot of energy into that to build that up as part of our business model and how it all ties together. So you have to talk about the the YouTube We didn't get into YouTube until the last few months just because I was still in school and it was very hard to film while I was competing competitively. 
Yeah. So when I graduated in May, we were like, well, I'm cat, by the way, I want to go pro. And the best way for me to learn is by teaching someone. So I thought that this was just like a great opportunity for me to learn a lot more about the swing and about different drills. And so we had a lot of time because of quarantine and the whole corona that we, we were just like, okay, well, let's just film and let's help people. And then I will piggyback off of that and say that one of our life models is that if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And that's from the famous Albert Einstein. And I had started the YouTube channel about a year ago, but as you know, it's YouTube is quite difficult. It's like a full-time job. It really is a (laughs) full-time job and you need to have like long content and then you have to edit it and then you have Mm -hmm. to plan out the content. And I honestly stopped it because I just didn't have a partner in crime to like continue to bounce ideas I think it's really hard to do it alone. Mm -hmm. It's so much more fun and easier to have two people and to film together as well. I agree. And it's kind of like when you go to the gym, right? It's easy to bail. Yeah. You're, going to, you're going to meet your friend at the gym and they're going to be right. there. There's a, so right. there's a bit of a bit, a bit of motivation, a bit of shame. All the things combined is like, oh, I can't bail on them. I got to go, right? And you end up going. And, and usually yeah. getting there, starting something is always the hardest thing, right? I don't know how, how the two of you roll, but I know myself, especially in the past, I'm a procrastinator mixed with a perfectionist, which is a terrible combination. Oh, like so, that, yeah. so I've, I've managed to extract that. Being an entrepreneur, Entrepreneur, I've I've started to embrace things like good enough and just ship it and mm-hmm. and just do that. And there's entrepreneurs like I don't know if you know who Reed Hoffman is, who's quite a famous investor and is one of the founders of LinkedIn. He said things like, "If you're not embarrassed by the first thing that you've shipped, whether it's uh, your first YouTube video <laughs> or the first podcast, then you you waited too long, right? To try to make it to try to make it perfect because there is no perfect, right? So the fact." Yeah, and I can even see the evolution of the quality of the content that you're creating. You're getting better and better. Even the I thought for sure you had a professional team because so you're doing a very good job as far as the editing. It looks very professional, and you do a a great job on that. So uh, good going on that. So I I see you've got about nine thousand subscribers now on YouTube. So you've certainly got that rolling. So. How do you see as far as your overall business model and all these things are interconnected here? I'm sure you're almost to the point, if not to the point now, where you're starting to monetize your YouTube channel, but you're also using that as as this great opportunity to introduce his socks to the world and drive awareness through that. So maybe you can talk about that a little bit as far as where you see maybe in the next year or two or three or four, where would you like to be? If we could look back in a crystal ball from a couple of years from now, where would both of you like to be business-wise and where would you like to be taking things? So this is, is, and I can start off with that. Ever since I was a child, like so young, the thing I wanted to be the most was a founder. My dream is to be on the 30 under 30 Forbes list. And I've wanted that from such a young child, but I just like never knew how to get there. And so I was just blessed with a platform as a stepping stone into getting into a position to be a founder. And so that's my personal goal. So I would say that everything that I do, whether it's with a personal brand and with she golfs and everything is really to use that as more leverage and a bigger platform for is golf. Also with is golf, like we would hope to just really expand our footprint and be able to just Mm -hmm. share knowledge. You know, like we're not like the best teachers and we're not the best golfers (laughs) out there, but 
I think if we can just kind of give our own little twist, we've learned so many amazing tips mm-hmm. from so many golf instructors. instructors. We went through so many yeah. like different instructors in mm-hmm. the last 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And then we really bring all of it together and see what's worked for us. And mm-hmm. if our tips help even just one person out there, it's enough for us to keep going. And then also to go with Kat, she actually is working on a little project, which I'll let her speak to. Right. Uh, Um, Yes. (laughs) So I am actually in the process of creating an eco-friendly woman's apparel line called Chic. It's spelled S-H-E-E-K. It's inspired by my lifestyle, which is very T-to-Street, as you might call it. My day consists of heading to the gym and the golf course and then going straight out to dinner with some friends. The problem I have is that I had to bring so many sets of clothes for my busy day. That's why I decided to create Chic, a clothing line for the busy but fashion forward woman. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So the line will actually consist of versatile clothing pieces that can be worn in any occasion. So whether you're hitting the links or night out, you're ready to go. Love it. So it sounds like you're taking that Lululemon athleisure model. <laughs> a little of inspiration. Out of the yoga studio, but instead off of the golf course. Yeah. And, uh, maybe change your shoes and that's it, right? <laughs> or yeah, maybe not even then, do that. Yeah, you can go to dinner, go to a party or something. Well, I, I love the entrepreneurial hustle here. So in college, what were your majors? What were your backgrounds I was majoring in public relations. So I think that's helped me a little bit. I've learned a lot in those classes on marketing and all the things that can help me in the future. And then I majored in hospitality management. Mm -hmm. So I think both our degrees are extremely broad, but it kind of gives you a very high overview of what you may want to do. Or what to expect. Yeah, exactly. So sounds like you you both have complementary skills. That you're bringing to the bringing to the game here. So I wanted to ask you this: as newish entrepreneurs, now that you're kind of in the thick of it now, just focusing on she golf's on YouTube right now. What was when you started and where you are now? What is the biggest challenge as an entrepreneur that you didn't see beforehand that now you've had to overcome something that is a lot more difficult or more time consuming that you thought or new things that you needed to learn in order to be successful as an entrepreneur? I think something that every entrepreneur can relate with is that there is always something to do. It never ends. Yeah. <laughs> like Especially when you're trying to do so many things, there's always another video that you could be <laughs> filming, another video you could be editing, another ad you could be posting. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like a constant cycle. It's the only profession you can do that you go into the shower thinking, oh, is that logo okay? Like, I can work that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the last the last thing that you think about when you go to sleep and the first thing you think about when you wake up that's what i would say right you're just always working Mm -hmm. yeah entrepreneurship is not a nine to five thing and it's not for everybody Mm -hmm. but just sounds like you're like me it's a bit of an addiction and an affliction, right? Once you've got it, it's like you're kind of hooped for life, right? You're hooped for life now. But you also need to make sure, on a serious note, that entrepreneurship, it is hard and it can be lonely and very isolating. And I know I'm involved quite heavily in the entrepreneurship and startup communities across, and I'm in Canada here, so across the country and in Vancouver. I meet with a lot of entrepreneurs beyond just in the golf industry space. And yeah, just to stay connected and take care of yourself is so important. So is I want to start with you because I know one of the ways that you embrace self care is through mm-hmm. yoga. So can you tell us a little bit about yoga and how that informs and impacts your life as an entrepreneur and also as a golfer? 
Yes, definitely. So as you mentioned, entrepreneurship, your mind is always wandering. And I find a lot of similarities when it comes to golf and yoga. You have to be very present in the moment. And it's really an escape for an hour or half an hour, however mm-hmm. long you And that's all you need, right? It. That's really all you need to just have a reset. And I talk about this in some of my posts. And one of my favorite quotes is, everything will always work if you unplug it especially yourself. Like it's like sometimes you just have to reset. But it's really difficult and I'm so guilty of just going on and on and on. The thing with what we do is like you're always working and never working. Like you're not working <laughs> in an office, but you're always on your couch. It may seem like you're just like having fun like on the golf course. Work may, from home. <laughs> like, oh, we're always golfing, but you're working. Yeah. Because filming golf and playing golf is just so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Nice. Now, you're in the same house right now in Palm Desert. Do you two actually live together? Yeah, we live together. Wow, you guys, you guys must be, you must get along really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get along really well. The reason why there was some hesitation there is because we have kind of a strange lifestyle where we live at resorts. Mm-hmm. So, so we bounce around. We a bounce lot. around. A lot. So we'll probably stay in a house for a month and then stay at a resort for a couple of weeks and then move on to the next place. So we have a place, a family home in Irvine in California. And then we also have an apartment in Vegas. Mm-hmm. But we spend a lot of the times really just, just traveling, around, so. and seeing new places, playing different golf courses. <laughs> nice. Doesn't sound like a bad lifestyle, even though you're working uh, <laughs> working a million yeah. hours a month. But it sounds like you love what you're doing. Yeah, so living life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, I wanted to ask you this too. Being an entrepreneur, it takes a lot of courage to take that leap. Also, and both of you have taken this leap a couple of times. They're kind of held hands and taking it together, which is easier as co-founders than doing it all alone as just a founder on your own. So I wanted to ask you this in regards to is golf. The fact that you were approached is, as you mentioned, by many sock companies and apparel companies to promote their brands. You said, no, I'm going to create my own luxury sock out of recycled materials that's environmentally friendly, which sounds great, but that's a lot of work. I worked on hardware and hardware is recycled hardware it's hard to develop that as compared to software but you're creating your product in apparel so can you talk a bit about that as far as the hurdles you've had to overcome and perhaps the partners that you've had to bring on board in order to propel you forward with his golf yes definitely so we actually have an additional partner and he's actually my partner his name is greg and he's been absolutely amazing as a co-founder because his background is in the direct-to-consumer retail business so what his company does is create large conferences for founders. And it's just been absolutely perfect because as soon as we met, we're like, this is going to work. And <laughs> he works with a lot of brands where they see the future as like sustainability and eco-friendly products. And that was just the vision of it. So he spends a lot of time with the creatives of our ads, like working with Facebook ads and then with email campaigns. And it's like Mm -hmm. a more than full-time job for all of us to try to juggle like all these moving pieces. And then additionally, we're also extremely blessed because our family, we're from Taiwan. And on our mom's side, they have like a really good manufacturing background. So with their connections, we were able to find the best manufacturing partner for us. So whether it comes to socks, Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to Kat's new woman's apparel line, they all handle that. So in terms of partners, it would be all those people. 
Amazing. And that is such a key takeaway for all entrepreneurs out there. If you're thinking about entrepreneurship, if you've got a product or an experience or a service or something you're thinking about as a business, it really is about partnerships. There's a saying in entrepreneurship that if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you need to go together. And it sounds like that's what both of you are doing here, that you've reached out. And also as an entrepreneur, you need to ask for help. We don't have all the answers. We don't have all the skills. And you've relied on other pieces, other elements and other people with expertise that are willing to help and can help propel you forward and scale. So that's exciting, both for Chic and for (laughs) Is Golf. Super exciting. Yeah, absolutely. That's such good stuff. <laughs> with is golf with the socks here. So tell me a little more about this. I'm not going to reveal it. You're also making masks along with luxury socks. What are your products made out of? So our products are made out of recycled plastic and coffee grounds. So it's really cool because the recycled plastic is the sustainable portion and the coffee grounds are actually odor resistant and moisture wicking and make the socks ultra soft. So it's really more of an upcycled product. Love it. So can you tell me a little bit about that process without getting too technical or maybe you have to get, I'm I'm just intrigued Mm -hmm. now. It's like, how do you go from recycled (laughs) plastic and coffee to turn into a pair of comfy, cozy socks? I know. It's so interesting. It's funny because like the first thing people do when they get the socks, they actually like just sniff it. They're like, does it smell like coffee? I'm like, no, I wish it did. (laughs) But um, Maybe that's a new feature. I know, seriously. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so the process of it is really interesting. So first, recycled bottles are collected from recycling centers. And this is all in Taiwan. And then they take it and then they basically extrude the fiber to make it into actual fabric. And then next, they collect coffee grounds from local coffee shops, and then they extract the oil and the coffee, and then they take the coffee when the fabric is made, and they sprinkle it all over the fabric. And then that's really how you make our base fabric. So cool. And how many plastic bottles are taken out of the environment for one pair of socks? Do you have any idea what that is? Yeah. So three plastic bottles are taken, or I guess it's more accurate to say three plastic bottles are kept out of the ocean. Yes. Sock. And we've got plastic islands the size of Manhattan floating around on the Pacific Ocean, which is just gross and shameful as humans. So you're doing your bit. And I, I love the fact with entrepreneurship, and I talk about this quite a bit, is you have your purpose and your why. And yes, you're a for-profit business, but entrepreneurship, again, is ups and downs, that roller coaster, and you'll have dips. And sometimes if it's just about the money and it's not working out, you'll abandon this. But the fact you've got what I understand, your vision and your guiding principles here and your why with what you're doing here with is golf that it'll keep you going. Because I can tell in your voice, you're just excited by what you're putting together here with your sock line. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I don't know if you can relate with this. I'm sure you could. But when you're in it every single day, you don't lift your head out to see the progress that you've made. And that's something that I try to do a lot where you have to kind of step away from it and then be like, oh, actually, we've kind of created something pretty cool. (laughs) From like the ground up. From the ground up and like starting from nothing and that it's only the beginning. So Mm -hmm. it's like truly, truly exciting. Both of you should be very proud of what you accomplished so far. And you're just getting started here. It's uh, pretty exciting. I'll probably have to have you on the Mod Golf podcast in a couple of years so we can get a little bit of an update 
<laughs> and see how you. you're how you two are achieving global domination in the, <laughs> in the luxury sock and women's <laughs> golf apparel markets there. So talking about partnerships a little more, I want to ask you this. I've watched your videos, quite a few of them, and it's not just the two of you on there. And I've met quite a few at events I've been to over the years, some of your other friends. So you can tell me uh-huh. a little bit about if you want to call it a partnership or a collab that you do that also helps you to then amplify your signal through other people's Instagram and their platforms. So tell us a little bit about some of your your friends who you play head to head against and more often than not you guys end up beating them which is kind of cool. So tell me about that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So the first that comes to mind is probably Golfholics. So on YouTube, they're just such great friends of ours and we really just go and have a great time and film and we really think that part of the reason why YouTube has kind of taken off for us is because we have been in the YouTube footprint mm-hmm. for a little bit for maybe a year or two mm-hmm. before really starting on our own channel. Right. So we think that they really helped us in that sense. And then secondly is who we call our golf sisters. So <laughs> the ones that come in mind are like Tisha and Maya. And yeah. they're just so great. Like in terms of a collaboration, absolutely. When we work together, we're so happy when the other person grows because mm-hmm. it just helps us overall. And it's truly like a collaboration over competition mentality when it comes to us. Love it. And uh, you have a lot of fun with what you do on the golf course with them. And you're yeah. very competitive, but you're also very respectful to each yeah, other, even though exactly. there's a fine line. Yeah, you have to be competitive and then you also, also like to have fun. Have to have fun. Yeah. So with entrepreneurship, whether you're creating a product, whether it's a software product or a physical product, you have these assumptions at the beginning of what the market will like and who your customers are and what features you should have. So perhaps Kat, you could talk about what you're looking to build with Chic and also with Is Golf with the Socks and even the content you're producing here. When you first started out, what things have you done that didn't work and you've decided not to do those? And also things that people really love that maybe you didn't necessarily think was all that important that now you're doing more of. Is there any examples you can give in that with everything you do? So this is, I can start off with that in a sense where there's this concept and this is a business book called Ready, Fire, Aim. (laughs) Um, And then really what it is, is I can't relate to that more because in the beginning, you think like, you know, who your audience is, you think you know exactly what product is going to work. And it turns out very, very quickly on, you realize like, I want to change everything. Your vision just changes on a whim. Like my mm-hmm. mind will change within a minute. And I spend hours mm-hmm. like on the website. I remember that there's this one time when you first started and then I was looking on the website yeah. and then like the next day it was completely different. It's like, this not even your website yeah. anymore. Like, did you change it? And then it's one of those things that when it comes to products and it comes to actual pages, you Mm -hmm. can't really just change one part of it. You got to change the entire website. So it'll fit into each other. Yeah. So then like everything meshes together. And in the beginning, we had a website designer, we had a (laughs) Facebook ad buyer, but then the thing is, I just wasn't happy with the results and it wasn't anything on them. It was just because it wasn't what you envisioned. Like I would tell them what I envisioned. And then when I got it back, like a week later, I was like, that looks nothing like what I envisioned. I'll just do it myself. And then one day I just got so sick of it. And I just said, I'm going to do everything. And I just picked it up. I started like video editing myself. (laughs) I started doing website design and everything. It's really that thing we talked about earlier is you just got to do it first and know what the standard is and then you can hand it off. 
Mm-hmm. And then also going off about products that didn't exactly work is, for example, in the beginning of launching, like you don't have that much confidence as a brand. I always felt like I had to do something that set the sock apart from another brand. Like it couldn't just be a very chic, simple design. It had to have something that like showed people that it was mine. And which is why if you look at the back of the sock for our older products, it has an eye in the back. Because I wasn't confident enough with the product or with the brand, I guess. I was confident with the product, but with the brand that people would just buy something that was just like a simple crew sock. To be like distinct. Yeah, it had to be like distinct. Mm-hmm. And as we started selling, and we've sold like over like four thousand <laughs> pairs of socks actually in sold in out. like nine months. And also, we've had zero returns, mm-hmm. which has been so awesome. Wow. And yeah, and then I start to realize, you know what? I don't need a certain design to make people want to buy it. Like people will purchase this product because of the mission and because. It's legitimately an amazing product. Mm -hmm. So that's something that looking back in hindsight is where I'm really happy that we didn't come out with 10 different colors (laughs) and products because immediately as soon as they got, I'm like, I need to change that. And then so it was really (laughs) nice to just like have it phase out and then being able to come out with new products and you just grow like next month is going to be different than this month. And there's all these seasons and yeah, you just kind of grow as a brand. I like the fact you've taken that lean startup approach, if you're familiar with that, that rather than trying to creating 30 different colors of socks and the ankle sock and the ones that come up a little bit higher, you you slowly start to get a product out there and keep it simple and see what Mm -hmm. people love and getting Mm -hmm. that customer feedback loop going. And I did see as far as evolving that video of yours I was watching last night that you were promoting your new sock, which is your ankle sock, which by the way, I'm sure Mm -hmm. your mother is very disappointed in because you're not covering very much leg there. Uh-huh. It so, just keeps getting shorter and shorter. So getting I'm sure that that one is mom disapproved, but I'm yeah, sure everybody else is loving it. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and one more thing is going back to the long socks. That is just really my personal passion. Is I want thigh high socks to really resonate in the world. But in the beginning of it, you kind of have to choose whether you want to go extremely niche or you want to go more broad. And Unfortunately, thigh-high socks are just very niche, and we want it to be like more of a global sock brand, and that's a goal. So that's why we kind of had to pivot more into the crew-length socks, and then we add on all these long socks and then short socks eventually so we can give our customers variety. I love it. You're listening to the customer, and that's what you need to do. And (laughs) other thing I like here, I mentioned you mentioned about doing everything yourself, and as an entrepreneur, I know it's difficult because I do a lot of the podcasting myself, even the editing right now but I'm bringing other people on, but you need to learn that stuff first. And that was reinforced with me. I remember hearing Brian Chesney speak, who's one of the founders of Airbnb. And he <laughs> talked about back in the early days, they did everything, whether it was on spreadsheets or manually and just picking up the phone. And he said, you have to do everything manually until it hurts so much that then you automate that and you create the algorithm or you bring oh, people in. So you're kind of living the Airbnb life there too, the same thing. So you're not doing it wrong. You're learning that and then you can pass that off because eventually you'll need to do that in order for you to scale so you can extract yourself to work on more of the high value pieces of working, as they say, working on the business rather than working in the business, right? Yes, absolutely. And the last point to that is that there's this famous quote, I can't remember who says it, but they say that as like a founder or CEO, you constantly have to be firing yourself from positions. It's so <laughs> it's so easy to want to just hold on to everything, but then you realize you can't do like, it. Like you just don't have enough hours in the day to do it. Like it's just impossible. It's like, like 24 hours? <laughs> 
Like, yeah. You can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> there you go. I have to say, and I'm a guy, so I can say this, but usually it's male founders, men and their egos that are the ones that do too much that they shouldn't be doing. <laughs> long until eventually they are pushed out of the way and told about doing that because they just can't let it go so it sounds like you're already positioning yourselves to grow this and getting other people involved to scale this up this is super exciting i can't wait to see where you go in the next couple of years here with all the things you're doing so hey i I just want to leave it here for now because i know we're going to jump on a video call that we're then going to have as additional content going to be asking some other questions so a little bit different than this like a shorter piece that we're going to post to our YouTube channel. So if you could tell our listeners where they can find out more about what you're doing on YouTube, find out more about the socks with Is Golf, and perhaps, I don't know if you've got a promo code for our listeners you'd like to offer here. And I know you're just starting out with this cat. It's too early days for chic, but if there's anything there that you have that people can look okay. at. So I'll just leave it to both of you to, to promote yourselves now. So there you go. Okay, thank you. Amazing. So you can find both of us on Instagram. Uh, mine is K-A-I-T-L-E. E-E-N-S-H-E-E. That's my handle. And then same mine is my first and last name, which is Isabel She. I-S-A-B-E-L-L-E-S-H-E-E. You can find us on YouTube. Our username is SheGolfs. S-H-E-E-G-O-L-F-S. And in terms of is... If you're looking to pick up any luxury golf socks, you can visit www.is.golf and we have a promo code for you to check out. It's modgolf15. Wow, cool. So we'll pass that along. And everything you just said here, I will include that in the show notes. We'll be promoting that also. I'll have a bio page for each of you two. So we'll also have your contact information on there, especially your Instagram, because that's where you both like to live, it seems, for a good chunk of your time. And we'll just go with that. So, wow, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's such a pleasure meeting you both. I'm glad I stumbled upon your YouTube channel a couple of months ago. And here we are. So, hey, both Iz and Kat She from She Golfs and all these other wonderful things you're doing. Thank you so much for being guests on the Mod Golf Podcast today. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Iz and Kat She. The She Sisters, who are the creators of the popular She Golfs YouTube channel, Is Golf Socks, and the soon to be chic women's apparel line. And don't forget to use promo code modgolf15 for 15% off your purchase of Is Golf Socks. If you'd like to learn more about Is and Cat, visit our episode show page where we've included website links and additional content. Speaking of additional content, I invite you to check out the bonus Zoom video interview Cat, Is, and I recorded that is posted on the Mod Golf Podcast YouTube channel. The video link is also on our episode page, and please subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're there. If you leave a comment, I promise to get back to you. Please join me next time when my guest is Robert Sirickey, who is a Golf Innovation keynote speaker and the General Manager, Chief Operating Officer of Medina Country Club. I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor partners, Golf Genius Software and British Columbia Golf, for helping me make the Mod Golf podcast happen. Without their support, I wouldn't be able to bring you these engaging stories from golf's brightest innovators and influencers. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more compelling episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen in. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks very much for joining me. Bye for now.